Assembly of God. Our first service this morning, we come, we're excited to worship the Lord with you today. We're so glad that you were able to be here. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. He is good all the time. Praise the Lord. Before we open in prayer this morning, I just want to uh, share an announcement with you uh, this morning. Uh, and this is for a uh, water baptism uh, at the end of our service on Sunday, October the 18th. Uh, this water baptism will be after our second service on Sunday morning, Sunday, October the 18th. So if you would like to be baptized in water, maybe you haven't been baptized in water and would like to be, you're a born-again Christian, uh, you can do that on Sunday, October the 18th. We just ask that you would grab a an application off of the, the uh, welcome desk out in the lobby. Fill that out. That way we have a record and, and, uh, um, uh, and can get... Uh, uh, get it planned out for you to be baptized. Uh, so praise the Lord. We're looking forward to that. It's always exciting when we have baptism. Uh, what a special time. Amen. And maybe uh, we're, we're just praying and believing God to move in a mighty way. So praise the Lord. I want to invite everyone to stand this morning. We're going to open in prayer. We're going to worship the Lord together this rainy day. Oh, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that we have a place that we can come, that we can gather where we're not getting wet? Isn't God good to us? Amen. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Let's worship Him and pray together. Lord, we love You. We praise You today, Lord God. We thank You for this day, Lord God, that You have made. Lord, we rejoice in it today. We're glad in it today, Lord God. Father, as we come to your house, we come with a great expectation. God, to meet with you this morning, we invite your presence right now. God, come, fill us, Lord, and have it the praises of your people this morning, Lord God. As we lift our song to you, let your glory fall fresh in this place this morning. We ask you to minister, meet every need today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
so already. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good to us? Go ahead if you would. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5. And we want to finish up the short series from the early Psalms. And Lord willing, next week we'll begin a short series from the life of David. And next week we'll touch on David's first anointing. David's first anointing. He had three in the Scripture. And we're going to talk about Lessons from that first anointing. But this morning, gleanings from a prayer of David. Gleanings from a prayer of David. Psalm chapter 5, let's just 
begin with verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my signs. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait with expectation. You are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. With you, the wicked cannot dwell. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies, bloodthirsty, deceitful men the Lord abhors. But I, by your great mercy, will come into your house in reverence, will bow down towards your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make straight your way before me. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word and we ask you, Lord, to speak to us. Teach us and encourage us and help us, Lord, to live out and to practice what we are about to receive in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, gleanings from a prayer of David. As the people of God, prayer is um, one of the most important and beneficial privileges that we have. And the Bible teaches that we should be devoted and faithful in prayer daily availing ourselves to this divine resource. This is one gift that we we don't want to neglect it. We don't want to forget about it. It's one of the most powerful weapons that we have in our spiritual arsenal. And so this morning we just want to glean some insights and encouragements from David's prayer. It's a time in David's life when his enemies are spreading malicious lies and rumors trying to destroy him. There's arrows of accusation. There's slanderous stories. They're trying to undermine him before the king. But David appeals to God. And we can learn much from this prayer. For when trouble comes, let's not be paralyzed by our difficulties. You and I have the privilege of praying to a loving and understanding Heavenly Father. He knows our condition. He's compassionate towards our situation. And He's more than willing to help us and to bring us through every one of our trials. He feeds the sparrows. He clothes the lilies of the field. How much more His children that have been washed in the precious blood and born anew by the Holy Spirit. How much more you and I that are His sons and that are His daughters. You and I who have given Him our faith and put our trust in Him. Now, notice it's with a personal voice. A personal faith that David is expressing himself this morning. This is important because... We're going to focus on that personal aspect of prayer, that personal uh, ability to draw near to God and lay hold of God. It's nice that others can pray for you, but you need to learn to pray for yourself. It's nice that others can talk about Jesus, but you've got to know Jesus for yourself. So let's look at the three outlines that we're going to follow, hopefully, as, as we can. Three expressions in David's prayer, the foundation of David's prayer. And then if we get that far, three ingredients to effective prayer. First, I want to notice three expressions in David's prayer. Verses 1 and 2. He says, give ear to my words, to my words. Now, words, that's just the normal articulation of our needs to God. It's asking. It's petitioning God. It's making our requests known to God. Then he says, don't just give ear to my words, but consider my sighing, my meditations, my quiet groanings, the, 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 the expression of my inward pain. Times come. There are times when we cannot find adequate words to express what we're feeling. There's times that it's hard to express the, um, the voice of our needs, yet we're still praying. We're still praying. 
There are times when our burden is beyond our expression or our ability to articulate. And all we can do is sigh. All we can do is quietly groan before the, oh God, help me in this. Oh Jesus, please Lord, please Lord, move in this situation. He says, give ear to my words. He says, consider my sign. Then he says, listen to my cry. Listen to the voice of my cry. And this is the, the pouring out. This is the, um, the, the louder expression and communication unto God. Sometimes there is such a distress and a burden upon one's heart. Sometimes there is such a need that is facing a life that prayer becomes a desperate cry. Prayer becomes a real calling upon the Lord. Now, this is not an unfamiliar type of prayer for David. This is not a rare type of prayer for this man after God's own heart. You can remember Psalm 3 and 4. He wrote, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and He heard me. Praise God, He hears us out of His holy hill. And then again, Psalm 34 and verse 6, this poor man referring to himself, because without God we're poor and we're beggars, but with God we can do all things. But he writes, this poor man cried and and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his troubles and all of his fears. This third one, this is the cry that flows from a heart that's burdened and sometimes broken, but it reaches the heart of the true and living God. Now, I remember reading some time ago about a man who was praying in one of the churches in England, those older churches, and the acoustics are so good, and you can stand there, and if there's not a lot of noise going on, pray here, and the echo, you could hear it. And a man was praying one day in the church, and his English was terrible. It was broken, and he was um, doing a horrible job destroying the Queen's English. And the lady was, the lady there listening, and she's hearing his prayer, and she was just beside herself that this man would speak in such a manner. And finally, when he said amen, she said, young man, that was the worst grammar. That was the worst articulation I've ever heard in my life. I'm disgusted that you would pray like that. And he turned to her and looked to the woman and said, but lady, I wasn't praying to you. You see, prayer is communication with God. It's what we must remember and it's what we must do. The important part is that in our story, this man prayed. That in our text, David prayed. The important part is that they did pray. They didn't just give in or they didn't just complain, but they brought their burden, their need to the living God that they called on God. They came to the throne of God's grace. You see, it's not how poetic we sound, not how grammatically correct we are, not even how much volume is in our tone, but it's the earnest sincerity of calling upon the Heavenly Father, of casting our burdens on the One that cares, of coming with boldness and a confidence to the throne of grace, trusting in the Lord to answer our cry. It's not in style, but it's in the substance and sincerity and the reality of one's heart reaching out to the living God. It's important that we do pray, that we do come, that we do ask, and that we do believe. We should thank God this morning and every morning. We should be very grateful that whether it's words or sighs or cries, our Heavenly Father, He hears our prayers and He knows heart language. Praise God. He even knows when all we can do is weep and groan in His presence. He says, I hold your tears in a bottle. And even when our heart is just expressing the groan of the burden that we're facing, even in that our God can hear and He can answer and He can understand. Let us be a praying people, for we serve a prayer answering God. He said, call on Me and I will answer thee. Can you say Amen?
And again, he said in Psalm 34, in verse 15, the eyes of the Lord, what a wonderful promise, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He's always watching us. We didn't know which way that path would take us, but He's always watching us. We weren't prepared for what knocked on our door that day, but He's always watching us. And His ears are attentive, or they're open. I like that. They're open. God is listening for your cry. Don't you ever believe for a moment that He's not listening, or somehow He's not paying attention. The devil is a liar. The Bible says His eyes, His eyes, they're on the righteous. That's you and I that have received Christ. We are the righteousness of God and His ear is open. It's listening. It's paying attention for our cry. The important thing is that we pray and give God something to attend to. Give God something to hear. Give God something to respond to. Bless His name. We've got to be a people that recognize that we serve a God who hears and answers prayer. So when trouble comes, let us not be quick to give in. Let us not be quick just to despair. But let us be quick to call on the name of the Lord to declare our need to present our burden and to trust the Lord our God. Can you say amen? Amen. The important thing is that he prayed. Jesus said, ask that you may receive. That that joy would be full. Three expressions in David's prayer. But now I want you to notice the foundation. The foundation of David's prayer. Verses 2 and 3. Look at verse 2. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. To you I pray. Wow. Now it's of greatest importance that you can say that. It's of eternal importance that you can say that. Have you made Him your King? Can you say this morning, Jesus is my King. Jesus is my God. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Sovereign. You see, it's not enough to acknowledge He's a King or He's a Savior. In order to get to heaven, in order to be a child of God, you've got to declare, He's my Savior. He's my King. He's not enough that He's Grandma's King. You've got to personally be able to He's my King and He's my God. He's my Savior and He's my soon-coming King. You see, these are the two pronouns that make the difference in this psalm. They make all the difference in our lives. They're the foundation and strength of our faith. This is where our confidence is established and secured. He is my King and my God. This is the reason that you and I come to that throne of grace. Not, 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 like, not like some kind of stray or not like some kind of... No, we come with a confidence and we come with a boldness and we come with an expectation. Why? Because the Lord is our King and the Lord is our God. We are not strangers. We're sons. We are not foreigners. We're friends. He is our King and we are His children. He is our God and we are His people by covenant, by blood, by promise. We are His. He is ours. Somebody say Amen. We have been bought with a price. And we are no longer our own. That precious blood of Jesus, He purchased our lives. And now, right now, we are the children of God. Now, right now, we have access to the throne that is above every other throne. Now, and right now, we have authority with the King that is greater than all the kings of Thank God we have a king this morning. Thank God there's someone 
someone you can turn to. Someone you can call on. Someone you can run to. Someone you can bring your burden. Someone that you can come and knows that He has a heart that cares and a mighty arm that is able to meet your every need. Oh, I want to praise God this morning that we have a King. I need a King. Isaiah said in the year that the great King Uzziah died, I saw a greater King high and lifted up. The train of His robe filled the temple. The glory was astounding. It was shuddering. It shook me and it shook the whole place. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a throne that is greater than Washington, greater than Moscow. There is a throne that's greater than all the thrones of men. And there is an authority and power. Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. When we call on our God, we're calling on the greatest authority in this universe and every other universe, the true and the living God, our King, our God, our Father, our friend. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy, unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be glory and honor forever and forever. Amen. I want to thank God this morning that I have a King. I need a King. I don't know about you, but let me say it again. I need a King. I need one I can call on when troubled. I need one I can rest in when weary. I need a defender in my day of adversity. I need a provider in my time of need. I need a deliverer in the hour of my weakness. I need a comforter in the moments of my sorrow and in my grief. People of God, we have a King that you can call on. We have a Sovereign that you can appeal to. There is a throne to which you can go. There is a place where you can pour out your heart. There is a place where you can find rest for your souls. There is a place where you can find grace to help you in your time of need. Somebody, you might be battling this morning. You might be feeling the stress and the strain of fighting this good fight of faith. But if you're a child of God, I want to encourage you. If you know the Lord, I want to encourage you this morning. You have a King. You're not alone. You know somebody that is able to turn the hearts of men. You know someone that's able to destroy the plots of hell. You know someone that is able to turn situations around and give you all the grace you need to face whatever you're facing and face it is more than a conqueror somebody. I want you to know you've got a king. You've got a king. There's no need to struggle in your own strength. You've got a king. There's no need to try to fix every problem with your own resources. You've got a king. There's no need to tremble before men or shudder before devils. You've got a king. There's no need for another sleepless night for you have a king and he's a loving king and he's a loyal king and he's an ever watching over your life king. Wonderful Jesus. The king of all kings. Do you know him? Do you love him? Have you made peace with this king? Can you declare Jesus is my king. Jesus is the one that carries my burdens. Jesus is the one that surrounds my life with songs of deliverance and gives me the strength I need to walk this good walk. Somebody give Jesus a praise in the house. Somebody give the Lord a hallelujah. He's a king. He's a good king. He's brought us through trails that would have swallowed
swallowed us up had we been there alone. He's taken us through things that would have crushed us had we had to lift it alone. I'm talking about King Jesus. He who is mighty to save. He who is wonderful in counsel. He who is generous in His provision and compassionate in His rule. I'm telling you, there is no king like Jesus. Make sure you know Him. Make sure you love Him. Make sure you can declare boldly the Lord Jesus. He is my King. Hallelujah. David said, My King and my God to you. To you. Where do you take your troubles? He said, To you I appeal. To you I come. To you I trust. I'm not going to run to the ugly feebleness of men that want to do this and that. I'm not going to run to the weakness of those that are more confused than I. But I will appeal to the King of Kings. I will go to the throne of all grace. I will go to the one that knows the end from the beginning. I'll call on Him and I'll trust Him and make sure you've made Him your King. And Dr. Wiersbe writes something that's not overly deep, but just solid concerning Jesus as our Master and King. He writes in his book on being a servant of God, I would rather have Jesus Christ as my Master, as my King, than anyone else I know. He loves me. He knows all about me. He made me. He knows the future. And He gives me power. The power I need to serve Him acceptably and fruitfully. When I fail, He forgives me and helps me start over again. He never leaves me or forsakes me. And He rewards me graciously, though I don't deserve it. Could you want a better king or master than that? Aren't you glad Jesus is your king? Amen. Hallelujah. The foundation of His faith. My King and my God. My King and my God. Puts a whole new boldness and confidence in your heart when you can declare my King and my God. Not a philosophy that I follow, but a living Christ that I serve who loves me and is with me. Oh, my. The foundation of His faith, the object, my King and my God, the offering, to You I pray. To You I come bringing my cares. To you I come expecting your loving answer. But now look at verse 3. Wonderful thoughts here. Morning by morning. He says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Oh, my, my, my. My voice you shall hear. David saying, Lord, I won't be silent. I won't be dumb. I will appeal to you. I want to take my burden to the Lord. <laughs> I won't just resign to whatever. Oh, no. Forget that case. Sarah, Sarah. There is a king that I can appeal to. There is a throne with which I can go. Oh, no, no, no. I won't just resign to whatever. I will come again and again and pray to you. You know, some don't believe in prayer, but some don't know God, do they? We, we, would, we would testify to the contrary. We believe in prayer, but we know our God answers prayer. And like David said in 2 Samuel 22, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy of my praise. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Amen. There's a declaration. What do you do when trouble comes? You're going to cave in? You're going to give up? You're going to revert back? No! I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be saved and praised. Therefore, will I be saved from my enemies. David is saying, morning by morning, he's saying, Lord, this crisis won't keep me from you. And the calm and the good times of life won't cause me to forget you. 
But morning by morning, I will call upon the name of the Lord. Morning by morning, I will draw near and seek the face of my God. Morning by morning, I will bring the offering of my praise and lay down the petition of my need. Let's look a little closer at verse 3. Look at this. Morning in the morning, I lay my request before you. I lay or present my request before you. Now, this is language that is referring back to the Old Testament priesthood. It's interesting. The New King James says, and I will direct my prayers. The New American Standard, I will order or arrange my prayers. This is a priestly term for laying the altar fire and arranging the pieces of the burnt offering before the Lord. And, of course, that fragrance goes up as that sweet aroma. This is a beautiful picture of our prayer life. To direct or order my prayers is to arrange the sacrifice on the altar. When I rise in the morning, I I remember I'm a priest of God. When I rise each and every morning, I remember that one of my roles as a Christian, I'm a priest of God. How do I become a priest? By putting faith in Jesus Christ. Let's look at that. Revelation 1, 5, and 6. Look at what it says here. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Oh, that's precious. Now look at this next one. And he has made us, talking to believers now, made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever. And forever, amen. Let's look at 1 Peter 2 and 5. Because as a child of God, one of my descriptions as a Christian is I function as a priest of God. I bring forth the sacrifice of praise. I bring the sacrifice of intercession. I bring the sacrifice of worship before the throne of God. You also, Peter writes, you're like living stones. You're being built into a spiritual house. You're being built church to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices, not animal sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the first thing we do in the morning, David said, in the morning. David said, first thing we do in the morning, like that Old Testament priest, we lay the burnt offering on the altar. Our burnt offering is a picture of our daily surrender and our total dedication to God. Each day we wake up, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And Lord, this is your day. Help me to please you. Help me to walk upright before you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the great salvation you've given me through your Son. Guide me and lead me and use me. Amen. This is being that living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is that living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, your body, yourselves, as living sacrifices. Not dead animal sacrifices. We offer ourselves. We're the sacrifice. Amen. As priests, we're offering ourselves unto God, living, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Part of the way we worship God is just the offering of ourselves. This is your day, Lord. Help me to serve you. This is your day. Use me as you desire. This is your day. I want to thank you for it. I want to thank you for my great salvation. We offer ourselves to God. Hallelujah. A good day begins in the morning and begins at the altar. And this is a beautiful picture of our prayer life. As a priest, I offer my sacrifice and surrender myself to God. But then as a soldier, but it's another way, another way this wording is used in the Hebrew is when a soldier would come before his commanding officer. 
to receive the orders for the day. And so it's got this dual thing going here. As a priest, I come and I offer my praise. I offer my prayer. I offer my worship to God. But as a soldier, I wait and receive the Word of God. That's when after we pray, we open up the bread of life and we let God speak to us. We let the Holy Spirit speak to us. As a priest, I offer my sacrifice and I surrender myself as a soldier. I wait for the Lord and I listen for the Word of the Lord. As a priest, I'm offering my prayer. As a soldier, I'm waiting to receive the Word that's coming from heaven. Three expressions in David's prayer. The foundation of David's prayer. Lastly, three ingredients. And I'm just going to cover these briefly. Three ingredients of effective prayer. Urgency, persistence, and expectation. We see these thoughts in this prayer. In verses 1 through 3, David says these things like, Lord, give ear. Consider my. Lord, listen to my cry. Heed my voice. David is saying in this first thought under urgency, Lord, this is serious. Lord, I need your attention here. And effective prayer is serious prayer. Effective prayer is not just a religious ritual or somehow just, just going through a religious exercise, but it's sincere communication and calling and drawing near to the living God. The Bible says of Elijah in James 5th chapter, he was a man just like us, but he prayed fervently and earnestly, and God gave him a great and mighty answer. The Bible says in Acts 12, when Peter was in prison, the church prayed earnestly. There was an urgency. They didn't just go through repeat after me. There was a sincerity from their heart, and God gave, gave Peter a mighty deliverance. We see in Psalm 63 and verse 1, how David said early, early, earnestly. Will I seek thee? So we recognize, number one, one ingredient for effective prayer, there's an urgency or a seriousness in our prayers. When we pray, we do not just go through motions. We do not just do out rituals. But it's something sincere from within. We call on God. We communicate with God. We worship God. We ask sincerely. But the second part is persistence. And we see that again in verse 3. Where it says, morning by morning. Notice the repetition, morning by morning. This speaks of prayer enduring in spite of difficulty. Continuing in spite of waiting. This speaks of um, hanging on until the answer comes. This is in the morning and every morning. Lord, when the sun rises and the rooster crows, my prayers will be waiting before Your throne. Lord, each and every morning... I won't let go until you bless me each and every morning. I will keep coming and I will keep coming. I will keep asking and I will keep seeking. And I will keep knocking this prayer, quality prayer, ingredients of effective prayer, has the persistence and perseverance of faith that, Lord, if you don't answer immediately, I'm going to keep coming. If I don't get the answer quickly, I won't be denied. I'll keep coming. But I will say morning by morning, Oh God, I won't let you go until they're saved. Oh God, I won't let you go until there's a breakthrough in that area. Oh God, I will not let you go until you extend your arm and move like only you can move in this situation. Effective prayer has an urgent. It's serious. 
We pray it ourselves. Someone else don't pray it for We pray it ourselves. And we're serious when we talk with God. We're persistent. Because unfortunately, prayers don't always get answered in 30 seconds. How many have found that out? But when it's God's will and we know it's God's heart, we keep coming. Ask that you might receive. Seek that you might find. Knock that the door would be open. Good old Jacob, I won't let go until you bless me. It might go through some pain. I might have to wrestle a bit against principalities and powers, but I won't let go. I will persist. Morning by morning, Lord, I haven't forgotten, Lord. Urgency. Persistence. And expectation. Expectation. Oh, hallelujah for expectation. Morning by morning, I lay my offering before You, Lord. Morning by morning. You're going to hear my voice. Morning by morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Or I look up with an expectation that you will answer. What a thought, what a thought, what a thought. The expectation. You know, as people of God, we're taught that when you pray, believe that you have received. As the people of God, we are taught that when we pray, there's an expectation as we're looking and we're waiting for the answer to come. And this is what, what David is saying here. After I act as a priest and I lay that sacrifice and I lift my petition. Now, Lord, I'm looking up. I'm looking up like in the Old Testament watchmen, how they would look earnestly for the answer. They'd look, they'd look, they'd look. And David's saying, after I prayed, I'm waiting, Lord, because I'm expecting, Lord. I'm believing, Lord. I believe it's going to come any moment, Lord. So I lay my, with an expectation because we don't believe just that God hears prayers. We believe that God answers prayers. And with the expectation of faith, we ask expecting. We pray believing. We call on God knowing. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If He hears us, we know that whatever we ask, we have it in His name. Hallelujah. Gleanings from David's prayer. Gleanings from David's prayer. We thank God for the privilege of prayer. And we thank God that we have a King, King Jesus, that we can come to His throne with an expectation that He'll take our burden and He'll give us the answer. Amen. He'll hear our cry and He'll move in our situation. Let's bring our burdens and our needs before the Lord this morning. And let's believe that He is hearing and that He is answering. Let's believe that we're not just asking, we're expecting. And as we wind down to our final prayer, we've got to ask, is Jesus your king? If he's not your king, stop everything you're doing and make him your king. You won't go to heaven on grandma's faith. You can't go to heaven because three quarters of your family are going. You personally have to be able to say, Jesus is my king. Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my Lord. I received him and I live for him. And if you haven't done that, you need to do that right now before you do anything else. Now let's take our time here. Would you play a little song for us, please? Just to give us a couple of minutes. This is early. Take a minute and pray before you leave. Every one of us has unsaved loved ones. Every one of us I know has some kind of need. We're needy people. And I'm going to pray our prayer and then just, just I don't care if it's 30 seconds. His house should be called a house of prayer. You'll still beat everybody else to Fred's and everywhere else. 
but, but we preached on prayer. Terrible thing to run out. Amen? Let's give God a minute of prayer. We're going to gab for 15 minutes in the back, so let's give God. Can, come on, say amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Let's bow our hearts. Let's not just ask. Let's expect. David said, I'm waiting in expectation. I'm not just waiting. Well, maybe. You throw that maybe somewhere else. Amen? Uh, I'm asking God. If I know God's will, I'm asking, expecting. Amen? Woo! Father, we thank You for the privilege and the power that is ours in prayer. Father, we pray to You this morning with an expectation of faith. Father, we know You're able. We know You're willing. Father, as we pray, we're expecting You to answer. We're believing. Your Word tells us Your will. We're praying according to Your Word. We're believing You'll release Your mighty power and You'll work in each one of these situations. Father, meet the knees and glorify Your name and the lives of Your people this day. Father, this day let healing come. This day let provision appear. This day, we pray, let wayward sons and daughters return. This day let Wayward sons and daughters return this day. Let burdens be lifted this day. Let divine strength be imparted this day. Let the thirsty receive a fresh filling this day. Let those that are fearful be delivered from their fears and receive peace and receive the grace and comfort of the Spirit of God. This day we call on You. This day we expect Your answer. We expect Your deliverance. We expect Your intervention. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come right now and we pour out our hearts, we express our needs, and we declare our faith. Work in our lives. Answer our cries. In Jesus' name, in all God's people's head. Let's give the Lord a praise in His house. Let's praise Him. He hears and He answers. He hears and He answers. We believe He hears and He answers. Let's bless Him for a moment. Hallelujah. Oh, go ahead. Whatever your need is, bring it to the Lord. Call on the Lord. Ask Him to move and expect Him to honor your prayer. Hallelujah.
supernatural calm, a supernatural rest. Let that anxiety begin to dissipate. Let that frustration begin just to go away and let your peace settle. Let your comfort settle. Let the rest of the Spirit settle on every heart and every mind. We thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday for prayer meeting. Please don't forget your offering in the back and your social distancing. God bless you.